0: The one year journey through the Holy Bible. Let's start with a prayer to the Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts to understand and live the Word of God. Holy Spirit, come to my mind, my spirit, and my heart so that I may read your Word. Let me understand and know and love you better. Bless me to be a faithful disciple to apply your Word to my life. Make me a light shining upon all those in darkness as I read the word of God, enlighten my mind, and enkindle my heart with a deeper love for you and people around me, amen. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 5 to 9. Chapter 5 Generations Adam to Noah This is the record of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. When they were created, he blessed them and named them humankind. Adam was 130 years old when he begot a son in his likeness after his image, and he named him Seth. Adam lived 800 years after he begot Seth, and he had other sons and daughters. The total lifetime of Adam was 930 years, then he died. When Seth was 105 years old, he begot Enosh. Seth lived 807 years after he begot Inush, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Seth was 912 years, then he died. When Inush was 99 years old, he begot Kenan. Inush lived 815 years after he begot Kenan, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Inush was 905 years, then he died. When Kenan was seventy years old, he begot Mahalal. Kenan lived eight hundred and forty years after he begot Mahalal, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Kenan was nine hundred and ten years. Then he died. When Mahalal was sixty-five years old, he begot Jared. Mahalal lived eight hundred and thirty years after he begot Jared, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Mahalal was eight hundred and ninety-five years then he died. When Jared was 162 years, he begot Enoch. Jared lived 800 years after he begot Enoch, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Jared was 962 years, then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he begot Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah for 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Enoch was 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was no longer here, for God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he begot Lamech. Methuselah lived 782 years after he begot Lamech, and he had other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Methuselah was 969 years. Then he died. When Lamech was 182 years old, he begot a son and named him Noah, saying, This is the one that shall bring us relief from all of our work and toil of our hands out of the very ground that the Lord has put on a curse. Lamech lived 595 years after he begot Noah and yet other sons and daughters. The whole lifetime of Lamech was 777 years. Then he died. When Noah was 500 years old, he begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Chapter 6. Origin of the Nephilim when human beings began to grow numerous on earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw how beautiful the daughters of humans were, so they took for their wives whomever they pleased. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not remain in human beings forever, because they are only flesh. Their days shall comprise 120 years. The Nephilim appeared on earth in those days as well as, well as later after the sons of God had intercourse with the daughters of human beings who bore them sons. They were the heroes of old, the men of renown. Morning of the flood. When the Lord saw how great the wickedness of human beings can be and how every desire on their heart was conceived and was always nothing but evil, the Lord regretted making human beings and his heart was grieved. So the Lord said, I will wipe out from the earth the human beings that I have created, and not only the human beings, but also the animals and the crawling things that of the birds and the air, for I regret that I made them. But Noah found favor with God. These are the se- descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man and blameless in generation. Noah walked with God. Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But the earth was corrupt. In the view of god in the view of lawlessness when god saw corrupt the world had become since all the mortals had corrupted their ways on earth god said to noah i see that the end of all mortals has come for the earth is full of lawlessness because of them so i am going to destroy them with the earth preparation of the flood make yourself an ark of gopher wood Equip the Ark with various compartments and covered inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall build it. The length of the Ark will be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Make an opening for daylight and finish the Ark a cubit above it. Put the Ark's entrance on the side and you will make it with the bottom, second, and third decks. I, on my part, am about to bring the flood waters on the earth to destroy all creatures under the sky in which there is a breath of life. Everything on earth will perish. I will establish my covenant with you. You shall go into the ark, and you and your sons, your wife and your sons' wives with you. Of all living creatures, you shall bring two of every kind of animal into the ark, one male and one female, to keep them alive along with you or every kind of bird, or every kind of animal, and every kind of thing that crawls on the ground. Two of each will come with you, and you may keep them alive. Moreover, you are to provide yourself with all the food that is to be eaten, and store it away, that is, it may serve as provisions for you and for them. Noah complied. He did just as God had commanded him. Chapter 7 then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your household, for you alone in this generation have I found to be righteous before me. Of every clean animal, take with you seven pairs, a male and its female, and of the unclean animals, pair one, one pair, a male of its mate. Likewise, of every bird of the air, seven pairs, a male and a female, to keep their progeny alive over all the earth. For seven days from now, I will bring rain down on earth, and for forty days and forty nights, and so I will wipe out the face of the earth, every being that I have made. Noah complied, just as God had commanded. The Great Flood Noah was six hundred years old when the flood came upon the earth, together with his sons, his wife, and his son's wife. Noah went into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of the clean animals and of the unclean, of the birds and of everything that crawls on the ground. Two by two, male and female, came to Noah into the ark, just as God has commanded him. When the seven days were over, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great Abyss burst forth, and the floodgates of the sky were opened. For forty days and forty nights, heavy rain poured down from the earth. On the very same day, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and the three of Noah's sons' wives, entered the ark together with every kind of wild animal every kind of tame animal every kind of crawling thing that crawls on the earth and every kind of bird pairs of all creatures in which there was the breath of life came to noah into the ark those that entered were male and female of all creatures they came as god has commanded noah then the lord shut him in the flood continued upon the earth for 40 days As the water increased, they lifted the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water swelled and increased greatly upon the earth, but the ark floated on the surface of the waters. Higher and higher on the earth, the water swelled until all the highest mountains under the heavens were submerged. The waters swelled fifteen cubits higher than the submerged mountains. All creatures that moved on earth perished birds, tame animals, wild animals, and all that teemed on earth, as well as humankind. Everything on dry land with the breath of life in its nostrils tied. The Lord wiped out every being on earth, human beings and animals, the crawling things and the birds of the air. All were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah and those with him in the ark were left. And when the waters had swelled on those days for eight hundred and fifty days, one hundred and fifty days. In Genesis chapter 8, God remembered Noah and all the animals, wild and tame, that were with him in the ark. So God made a wind sweep over the earth. The waters began to subside. The fountains of the abyss and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the downpour from the sky was held back. Gradually, the waters receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had so diminished that in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to a rest on the mountains of Arat. The waters continued to diminish until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of 40 footsteps, Noah opened the hatch of the ark that he had made, and he released a raven. It flew back and forth until the waters drifted off from the earth. Then he released a dove to see if the waters had lessened on the earth. But the dove could not find no place to perch and returned to him in the ark, for there was water all over the earth. Putting out his hand, he caught the dove and drew it back to him inside the ark. He waited seven more days again and released the dove from the ark. In the evening, the dove came back to him, and there was a bill that was plucked off an olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had diminished on earth. He waited yet another seven days and then released the dove, but this time it did not come back. In the six hundredth and first year of the first month of the first day of the month, the waters began to dry up with the earth. Noah then removed the covering of the ark and saw that the surface of the ground had dried. In the second month, on the twentieth on the twenty seventh day of the month the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark together with your wife and your sons and your sons' wives, bring out with you every living thing that is with you, all creatures, be they birds or their animals, or crawling things that crawl on the earth, and let them abound on the earth, and be fertile and multiply on it. So Noah came out together with some With his sons and his wives, and his sons' wives. And all the animals, all the birds, and all the crawling creatures that crawl on the earth went out of the ark by families. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and choosing from every clean animal and every clean bird, he offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the Lord smelled the sweet odor, the Lord said to himself, Never again will I curse the ground because of human beings, since the desires of the human heart are evil from youth, nor will I ever again strike down every living being as I have done. All the days of the earth, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Chapter 9 Covenant with Noah God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fertile and multiply and fill the earth. Fear and dread of you shall come upon all the animals of the earth and all the birds of the air, upon all the creatures that move about on the ground and all the fishes of the sea. Into your power they are delivered. Any living creature that moves about shall be yours to eat, to give them all to you as I did the green plants. Only meat with its lifeblood still in it you shall not eat. Indeed, for your own lifeblood will demand an accounting. From every animal I will demand it, and from a human being, each one, for the blood of one another, I will demand an account for human life. Anyone who sheds the blood of a human being by a human being, shall that one's blood be shed. For in the image of God have human beings been made, be fertile then multiply, abound on earth, and subdue it. God said to Noah and his sons with him, See, I am about to establish my covenant with you, and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the tame animals, and all the wild animals that were with you, all that came out of the ark, I will establish my covenant with you, that I will never again shall all creatures on earth be destroyed by the waters of flood, There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I am making between me and you, an early living creature with you, for all ages to come. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over to earth and the bow appears in the clouds I remember my covenant between me and you and every living creature every mortal being so that the waters will never again become a flood that destroys every mortal being When the bow appears in the clouds I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and my every living creature every mortal being that is on earth God told Noah This is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and every mortal being that is on earth. Noah and his sons The sons of Noah who had came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from them the whole earth was populated. Noah, a man of the soil, was first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine, became drunk, and lay near inside his tent. He lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father's nakedness, and he told his two brothers outside. Shem and Japheth, however, took a robe and, holding it on their shoulders, walked backwards and covered their father's nakedness. Since their faces were turned the other way, they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah woke up from his wine and learned what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves, shall he be his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, let Canaan be a slave. May God expand Japheth, and may he dwell upon the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be a slave. Noah lived for 350 years after the flood. The whole lifetime of Noah was 950 years. Then he died. Welcome to the one-year journey through the Holy Bible. Let us pray to the Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts to understand and live the Word of God. Holy Spirit, come to my spirit, my heart, and my mind, so that as I read your Word, let me understand, know, and love you better. Bless me to be a faithful disciple to apply your Word to my life. Make me a light shining upon all who are in darkness, as I read the word of God, and kindle my mind and enkindle my heart with the deeper love for you and people around me. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 27 to 30. Chapter 27, Jacob's Deception. When Isaac was so old that his eyesight had failed him, he called his older son, Isu, and said to him, My son, here I am, he replied. Isaac then said, Now I have grown old. I don't know when I might die. So now take your hunting gear, your quiver and bow, and go out into the open country to hunt some game for me. Then prepare for me a dish in the way I like, and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before I die Rebecca had been listening while Isaac was speaking to his son Esau so when Esau went out into the open country to hunt some game for his father Rebecca said to her son Jacob listen, I heard your father tell your brother Esau bring me some game and prepare a dish for me to eat that I may bless you with the Lord's approval before I die now my son, obey me in what I am about to order you Go to the flock and get me two choice young goats, so that with these I might prepare a dish for your father in the way he likes. Then bring it to your father to eat, that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to his mother, Rebekah, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am smooth skinned. Suppose my father feels me. He will think I am making fun of him, and I will bring myself a curse instead of a blessing. His mother, however, replied, Let any curse against you, my son, fall on me. Just obey me. Go and get me the young goats. So Jacob went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared a dish in the way his father liked. Rebecca then took the best clothes of her older son Esau that she had had in the house and gave them to her younger son Jacob to wear. And with the goatskins, she covered up his hands and his hairless parts of his neck. Then she gave her son Jacob the dish and bread that she had prepared. Going to his his father, Jacob said, Father, yes, replied Isaac, which of my sons are you? Jacob answered to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I did as you had told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game, so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How did you get it so quickly my son he answered the lord your god directed me then isaac said to jacob come closer my son that i may feel you to learn whether or not you are really my son esu so jacob moved closer to his father when isaac felt him he said although the voice is jacob's the hands are esu's he failed to identify him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother esu so he blessed him again isaac said are you really my son isu and jacob said i am then isaac said serve him your son and let me eat the game so that i may bless you jacob served it to him and isaac ate and he brought him wine and he drank finally his father isaac said to him come closer my son and kiss me as jacob went up to kiss him isaac smelled the fragrance of his clothes with that, he blessed him, saying, Ah, the fragrant fragrance of my son is like the fragrance of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give to you, of the dew of the heavens and the fertility of the earth, abundance of grain and wine. May people serve you, and the nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be the ones who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Jacob had scarcely left his father after Isaac had finished blessing him when his brother Esau came back from his hunt. Then he too prepared a dish and bringing it to his father he said let my father sit up and eat some of his son's game that you may give me your blessing. Then his father Isaac asked him who are you? He said I am your son your firstborn son Esau. Isaac trembled greatly. Who was it then, he asked, that hunted game, and brought it to me? I ate it all just before you came, and I blessed him. Now he is blessed. As he heard his father's words, Esau burst into a loud, bitter sobbing and said, Father, bless me too. When Isaac said, Your brother came here by a ruse and carried off your blessing, Esau exclaimed, He is well named Jacob, is he not? He has not supplanted me twice first he took away my right as a firstborn and now he has taken away my blessing then he said have you not saved a blessing for me isaac replied to isu i have already appointed him your master and i have assigned to him all of his kindred as his servants besides i have sustained him with grain and wine what then can i do for you my son but isu said to his father have you only one blessing, father? Bless me too, father. And Isu wept aloud. His father Isaac said in response, See, far from the fertile earth will be your dwelling, far from the dew of the heavens above, but your sword will live, and your brother will serve. And when you become rest- restless, you will throw off his yoke from your neck. Yesu bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. Yesu said to himself, Let the time of mourning for my father come, so that I may kill my brother Jacob. When Rebecca got the news of what her older son had in mind, she summoned her younger son Jacob and said to him, Listen, your brother Esau intends to get his revenge by killing you. So now, my son, obey me and flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran and stay with him a while until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send for you and bring you back. Why should I lose both of you in a single day? Jacob sent to Laban. Rebekah said to Isaac, I am disgusted with life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob should also marry a Hittite woman, a native of the land, like these women, why should I live? Chapter 28 Isaac therefore summoned Jacob and blessed him, charging him, saying, You shall not marry a Canaanite woman. Go now to Paddan Aram, to the home of your mother's father. Bethul, and there choose a wife for yourself from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fertile, multiply you that you may become an assembly of peoples. May God extend to you and your descendants the blessing of Abraham so that you may gain possession of the land where you were residing and which he assigned to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Pad and Aram, to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Araman, and brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Esau noted that Isaac had blessed Jacob when he sent him to Pad and Aram to get himself a wife there, and that, as he gave him his blessing, he charged him, You shall not marry a Canaanite woman. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and gone to Pad and Aram. Esau realized how displeasing the Canaanite woman to his father Isaac, so Esau went to Ishmael, and in addition to the wives he had, married Mahalath, the daughter of Abraham's son, Ishmael, and sister of Nebaioth. Jacob's Dream at Bethel Jacob departed from Beersheba and proceeded towards Haran. When he came upon a certain place, he stopped there for the night, since the sun had already set. Taking one of the stones at place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. Then he had a dream. A stairway rested upon the ground, with its top reaching towards the heavens, and God's angels were going up and down on it. And there was the Lord standing beside him and saying, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you are lying, I will give to you and your your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and through them you will spread to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. In you and your descendants, all the families of the earth will find blessing. I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go, and bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, Truly the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place! There is nothing else but the house of God, the gateway to heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a sacred pillar and poured oil on top of it. He named the place Bethel, whereas the former name of the town had been Luz. Jacob then made this vow, If God will be with me and protect me on this journey, I am making and giving me food and I I am making and giving me food to eat and clothes to wear. And I come back safely to my father's house. The Lord will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a sacred pillar will be the house of God. Of everything you give me, I will return a tenth part to you without fail. Chapter 29 Arrival in Haran after Jacob resumed his journey, he came to the land of the Kedemites. Looking about, he saw a well in the open country with three flocks of sheep huddled near it, for flocks were watered from the well. A large stone covered the mouth of the well. When all the shepherds were assembled there, they could they would roll the stone away from the mouth of the well and water the sheep. Then they would put the stone back again in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? We are from Haran, they replied. Then he asked him, Do you know Laban, son of Nahor? We do, they answered. He inquired further, Is he well? He is, they answered. And here he comes, his daughter Rachel, with the sheep. Then he said, There is still much daylight left. It is hardly the time to bring animals home. Water the sheep and then continue pasturing them. They replied, We cannot until all the shepherds are here to roll the stone away from the mouth of the well. Then we can water the flocks. While he was still talking with them, Rachel arrived with her father's sheep, for she was the one who tended them. As soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his mother's brother Laban, and the sheep of Laban, he went up, rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered Laban's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative Rebekah's son so she ran to tell his father so she ran to tell her father When Laban heard the news about Jacob his sister's son he ran to meet him after embracing and kissing him he brought him into his house Jacob then repeated to Laban all these things and Laban said you are indeed my bone and my flesh Marriage to Leah and Rachel After Jacob stayed with him for a full month, Laban said, Should you serve me for nothing just because you are a relative of mine? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older was called Leah, and the younger was called Rachel. Leah had dull eyes, but Rachel was sharp, shapely and beautiful. Because Jacob loved Rachel, he answered, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better to give her to to you than to another man, stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, yet they seemed to to him like a few days because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may consummate my marriage with her, for my term is now completed. So Laban invited all the local inhabitants and gave a banquet. At nightfall he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and and he consummated the marriage with her. Laban assigned his maidservant Zilpah to his daughter Leah as her maidservant. In the morning there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, How could you do this to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why did you deceive me? Laban replied, It is not the custom in our country to give the younger daughter before the firstborn. Finish the bridal week for this one, and then the other will also be given to you in return for another seven years of service with me. Jacob did so. He finished the bridal week for the one, and then gave Laban him, his daughter Rachel as his wife. Laban assigned his maidservant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maidservant. Jacob then consummated his marriage with Rachel also, and he loved her more than Leah. Thus he served Laban another seven years. JACOB'S CHILDREN When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he made her fruitful, while Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son, and she named him Reuben, for she said, It means, The Lord saw my misery, surely now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son, and said, It means, The Lord heard that I was unloved, and therefore he has given me this one also so she named him Simon. Again she conceived and bore a son, and she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, since I have borne him three sons. That is why she named him Levi. Once more she conceived and bore a son, and she said, This time I will give thanks to the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped bearing children. Chapter 30 when Rachel saw that she had not borne children to Jacob, she became envious of her sister. She said to Jacob, Give me children, or I shall die. Jacob became angry with Rachel and said, Can I take the place of God, who has denied you the fruit of the womb? She replied, Here is my maidservant Bilhah, have intercourse with her, and let her give birth on my knees, so that I too may have children to her. So she gave him her maidservant Bilhah as wife. And Jacob had intercourse with her. When Bilhah conceived and bore a son for Jacob, Rachel said, God has vin- vin- vindicated me. Indeed, he has healed my plea, heeded my plea, and given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. Rachel's maidservant, Bilhah, conceived again and bore a second son for Jacob. And Rachel said, I have wrestled strenuously with my sister, and I have prevailed. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had ceased to bear children, she took her maidservant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as wife. So Leah's maidservant Zilpah bore a son for Jacob. Leah then said, What good luck. So she named him Gad. Then Leah's maidservant bore another son for Jacob. And Leah said, What good fortune, because woman will call me fortunate. So she named him Asher. One day, during the wheat harvest, Reuben went out and came upon some mandrakes in the field, which he brought home to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Leah said, Was it not enough for you to take away my husband, that you must now take away my son's mandrakes too? Rachel answered, In that case, Jacob may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. That evening, when Jacob came in from the field, Leah went out to meet him. She said, You must have intercourse with me, because I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So that night he laid with her, and God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore a fifth son for Jacob. Leah then said, God has given me my wages for giving my maidservant to my husband, so she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son for Jacob, and Leah said, God has brought me a precious gift. This time my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Afterward, she gave birth to a daughter, and she named her Dina. Then God remembered Rachel. God listened to her and made her fruitful. She conceived and bore a son, and she said, God has removed my disgrace. So she named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord add another son for me. Jacob outwits Laban. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Allow me to go to my own region and land. Give me my wives and my children for whom I served you, and let me go, for you know the service that I rendered you. Laban answered him, If you will, please. I have learned through div- divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He continued, State the wages I owe you, and I will pay them. Jacob replied, you know what work I did for you, and how well your livestock fared under my care. The little you had before I came was grown into an abundance since the Lord was blessed. Since the Lord has blessed you in my company. Now, when, now when I can do something for my own household as well, Laban said, "Why should I give you?" Jacob, what should I give you? Jacob answered, "You do not have to give me anything." If you do this thing for me, I will again pasture and tend your sheep. Let me go through the whole flock today, remove from it every dark animal among the lambs, and every spotted or speckled among the goats. These will be my wages. In the future, whenever you check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. Any animal that is not speckled or spotted among the goats, or dark among the lambs, got into my possession by theft. Laban said very well, let it be as you say. The same day, Laban removed the streaked and the spotted he-goats and all the spectacled and spotted she-goats, all those with some white on them, as well as every dark lamb, and he put them in the care of his sons. Then he put a 3 days journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob was pasturing the rest of Laban's flock. Jacob, however, got some fresh shoots of poplar, almond, and plane trees, and he peeled white strips in them by laying bare the white core of the shoots. The shoots that he had peeled he had then set upright in the watering throes where the animals came to drink, so that they would be in front of them. When the animals were in the heat as they came to drink, the goats mated by the shoots so that they gave birth to streaked, speckled, and spotted young. The sheep on the other hand Jacob kept apart and he made these animals face the streaked or completely dark animals of Laban. Thus he produced flocks of his own which he did not put with Laban's flock. Whenever the hardier animals were in heat, Jacob would set the shoots in the throes in full view of these animals so that they mated by the shoots, but with the weaker animals he would not put the shoots there. So the feeble animals would go to Laban but the hardy ones to Jacob. So the man grew exceedingly prosperous, and he owned large flocks, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Welcome to the One Year Journey Through the Bible. Let us pray to the Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts to understand and live the word of God. Holy Spirit, come to my spirit, my mind, and my heart, so that as I read your word, let me understand, know, and love you better. Bless me to be a faithful disciple to apply your word to my life. Make me a light shining upon all those who are in darkness. As I read the word of God, enlighten my mind and enkindle my heart with a deeper love for you and the people around me. Amen. Amen. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 31 to 34. Chapter 31, The Flight from Laban Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob had taken everything that belonged to our father and he is producing all this wealth from our father's property. Jacob too perceived that Laban's attitude towards him was not that what it previously had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, "'Return to the land of your ancestors where you were born, and I will be with you.' So Jacob sent for Rachel and Leah to meet him in the field where his flock was. There he said to them, "'I have noticed your father's attitude towards me is not as it was in the past, but the God of my father has been with me. You know very well that with all my strength I have served your father. Yet your father cheated me and changed my wages ten times.' God, however, did not let him do any harm. Whenever your father said, The speckled animals will be your wages, the entire flock would bear speckled young. And whenever he said, The streaked animals will be your wages, the entire flock would bear streaked young. So God took away your father's livestock and gave it to me. Once during the flock's mating season, I had a dream in which I saw he goats mating that were streaked, speckled, and molted. In the dream, God's angel said to me, Jacob, and I replied, Here I am. Then he said, Look up and see. All the he-goats are mating and are streaked, speckled, and molted, for I have seen all the things that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a sacred pillar and made a vow to me. Get up now. Leave this land and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah answered him, Do we still have heirs portion in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as outsiders? He he not only sold us, he even used up all the money that he got for us. All the wealth that God took away from our father really belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God has told you. Jacob proceeded to put his children and his wives on camels, and he drove off all his livestock and all the property he acquired in Padan Aram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now Laban was shearing sheep, and Rachel had stolen her father's household images. Jacob had hoodwinked Laban and the Araman by not telling him that he was going to flee. Thus he fled with all he had. Once he was across the Euphrates, he, held, he headed for the hill country of Gilad. On the third day, word came to Laban that Jacob had fled. Taking his kinsmen with him, he pursued him for seven days until he caught up with him in the hill country of Gilad. But that night, God appeared to Laban, the Araman in a dream and said, Take care not to say anything to Jacob. Jacob and Laban and Gilad when Laban overtook Jacob, Jacob's tents were pitched in the hill country. Laban also pitched his tents in the hill country of Gilad. Laban said to Jacob, how could you hoodwink me and carry off my daughters like prisoners of war? Why did you dupe me by stealing secretly? You didn't even tell me. I would have sent you off with joyful singing to the sounds of tra- tambourines and harps. You do not even allow me a parting kiss to my daughters and grandchildren. Now what you have done makes no sense. I have it in my power to harm all of you. But last night, the God of your father said to me, take care not to say anything to Jacob. Granted that you had to leave because you were longing for your father's house, why did you steal my gods? Jacob replied to Laban, I was frightened at the thought that you might take your daughters away from me by force. As for your gods, the one you will find them will will shall not survive, remain alive if with our kinsmen looking on you you identify anything here as belonging to you and take it jacob had no idea that rachel had stolen the household images laban then went and searched in jacob's tent and leah's tent as well as the tents of the two maidservants but he did not find them leaving leah's tent he went into rachel's meanwhile rachel had taken the household images and put them inside the sad camel's saddlebag and seated herself upon them when laban had rummaged through her whole tent without finding them he sa- she said to her father do not let my lord be angry that i cannot rise in your presence i'm having my period so despite his search he did not find the household images jacob now angered confronted laban and demanded What crime or offense have I committed that you should hound me? Now that you have rummaged through all my things, what have you found from your household belongings? Produce it here before your kinsmen and mine, and let them decide between the two of us. In the twenty years I was under you, no ewe or she-goat of yours ever miscarried, and I have never eaten rams of your flock. I never brought you an animal torn by wild beasts. I made good the loss myself. You held me responsible for anything stolen by day or by night. Often the scorching heat devoured me by day, and the frost by night, while the sleep, while the sleep fled from your from my eyes. On the twenty years that I have now spent in your household, I served you 15, fourteen years for your two daughters and six years for your flock, while you changed my wages ten times. In if the God, the father, God, fa- a God of my father. The God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side. You would now have sent me away empty-handed. But God saw my plight and the fruits of my toil, and last night he reproached you. Laban replied to Jacob, "'The daughters are mine, their children are mine, and the flocks are mine. Everything you see belongs to me. What can I do for my own daughters and for the children they have borne? Come, now let us make a covenant, you and I.' And it will be a tree between you and me. Then Jacob took a stone and set it up as a sacred pillar. Jacob said to his kinsmen, Gather stones. So they got stones and made a mound, and they ate there on that mound. Laban later called it Jagar Sadduka, but Jacob later called it Galid. Laban said, This mound will be a witness from now on between you and me. That is why it was named Galid. And also Mizpah, for he said, May the Lord keep watch between you and me while we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or take otherwise besides my daughters, know that even though no one else is here, God will be a witness between you and me. Laban said further to Jacob, Here is the mount here is this mound, and here is the sacred pillar that I have set up between you and me. This mound will be a witness, and this sacred pillar will be a witness that, with hostile intent, I may not pass beyond this mound into your territory, nor may you pass it beyond into mine. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. Jacob took the oath by the fear of his father, Isaac. Then he offered a sacrifice on the mountain and invited his kinsmen to share in the meal. When they had eaten, they passed the night on the mountain. Chapter 32 Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he set out on his journey back home. Meanwhile, Jacob continued on his own way, and God's angels encountered him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is my God's encampment. So he named that place Mahaniyam. Envoys to Esau. Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau in the land of Seir in the country of Edom, ordering them, Thus, you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have been residing with Laban, and I have been delayed until now. I own oxen, donkeys, and sheep, as well as male and female servants. I have sent my lord this message in hope of gaining your favor." When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We found your brother Esau. He is now coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. Jacob is very much frightened. In his anxiety, he divided the people who were with him, as well as his flocks, herds, camels, into two camps. If Esau should come back and attack one camp, he reasoned, the remaining camp may still escape. Then Jacob prayed, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, You, Lord, who have said to me, Go back to your land and relatives, and I will be good to you. I am unworthy of all the acts of kindness and faithfulness that you have performed for your servant. Although I crossed the Jordan here with nothing but my staff, I have now grown into two camps. Save me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Isu. Otherwise, I fear that he will come and strike me down, and the mothers with the children. You yourself said... I will be very good to you, and I will make your descendants like the sands of the sea, which are too numerous to count. After passing the night there, Jacob selected from what he had with him and present and present for his brother. Two hundred she-goats and twenty he-goats, two, ram, two herds, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty female camels and their young, forty cows and ten bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put these animals in the care of his servants in separate herds, and he told the servants, go on ahead of me, but keep some space between the herds. He told the servant in the land, when my brother Isu meets you and asks, to whom do you belong to? Where are the animals going? To whom do these animals ahead of you belong to? Tell him, to your servant Jacob, but they have been sent as a gift to my lord Esau. Jacob himself is right behind us. He also ordered the second servant and the third and all the others who followed behind the herds. Thus and so you shall say to Isu when you reach him, and also tell him, Your servant Jacob is right behind us. For Jacob reasoned, If I first appease him with a gift that precedes me, then later when I face him, perhaps he will forgive me. So the gifts went on ahead of him while he stayed that night in the camp. Jacob's New Name That night, however, Jacob arose, took his two wives with the two maidservants and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he got them and brought them over the wadi, and brought them over what to belong to him, Jacob was left there alone. Then a man wrestled with him until the break of down. When the man saw that he could not prevail over him, he struck Jacob's hip at its socket, so that Jacob's socket was dislocated as he wrestled with him. The man then said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He answered, Jacob. The man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have contended with divine and human beings and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. He answered, Why do you ask for my name? With that, he blessed him. Jacob named the place Peniel because I have seen God face to face, he said. Yet my life has been spared. At sunrise, as he left Penuel, Jacob limped along because of his hip. That is why to this day the Israelites do not eat the scattered meat or muscle that is on the hip socket, because he had stripped Jacob's hip socket at the static muscle. Chapter 33 Jacob and Esau meet. Jacob looked looked up and saw Esau coming, and with him four hundred men. So he divided his children among Leah, Rachel, and two maidservants, putting the maidservants and their children first, Leah and her children second, and Rachel and Joseph last. He himself went on ahead of them bowing to the ground seven times until he reached his brother. Esau ran to meet him, embraced him and, flinging himself on his neck, kissed him and wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the woman and children and asked, Who are these with you? Jacob answered, They are the children with whom God has graciously favored your servant. Then the maidservants and their children came forward and bowed low. Next Leah and her children came forward and bowed low. Lastly Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed low. Then Issu asked, "What did you intend with all those herds that I encountered?" Jacob answered, "It was my gain to my Lord's favor." Issu replied, "I have plenty, my brother. You should keep what is yours." "No, I beg you," said Jacob, "if you will do me the favor, accept this gift for me, since to see you face to face is for me like seeing the face of God, and you have received me so kindly." Accept the gift that I have brought for you, for God has been so gracious towards me, and I have an abundance. Since he urged him strongly, Esau accepted. Then Esau said, Let us break camp and be on our way. I will travel in front of you. But Jacob replied, As my Lord knows, the children are too young, and the flocks and the herds are nursing, are a concern to me. If overdriven for even a single day, the whole flock will die. Let my lord then go before a servant, while I proceed more slowly at the pace of the livestock before me and at the pace of my children, until I join my lord in Seir. Esau replied, Let me at least put at your disposal some of the people who are with me. But Jacob said, Why is this that I am treated so kindly, my lord? So on that day Esau went back on his way back to Seir, and Jacob broke camp for Succoth. There Jacob built a house for himself and made booths for his livestock. That is why the place was named Succoth. Jacob arrived safely at the city of Shechem, which is the land of Canaan, when he came from Paddan Aram. He encamped in sight of the city. The plot of the ground on which he had pitched his tent he brought for a hundred pieces of money from the descendants of Hamor, the father of Shechem. He set up an altar there and invoked El, the God of Israel. Chapter 34 The Rape of Dinah. Dina, the daughter whom Leah had borne to Jacob, went out to visit some of the women in the land. When Shechem, son of Hamor the Hivite, the leader of the region, saw her, saw her. he seized her and lay with her by force. He was strongly attracted to Dina, daughter Jacob, and was in love with the young woman. So he spoke affectionately to her. Shechem said to his father Hamor, get me this woman for a wife. Meanwhile, Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dina, but since his sons were out in the field with this livestock, Jacob kept quiet until they came home. Now Hamor, this father of Shechem, went out to discuss the matter with Jacob, just as Jacob's sons were coming in from the field. When they heard the news, the men were indignant and extremely angry. Shechem had committed an outrage in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter. Such a thing is not done. Hamor appealed to them, saying, My son Shechem has his heart set on your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife. Intermarry with us give your daughter to us and take our daughters for yourselves. Thus you can live among us. The land is open before you. Settle and move about freely in it and acquire holdings here. Then Shechem appealed to Dina's father and brothers. Do me this favor and whatever you ask of me, I will give. No matter how high you set the bridal price and gift, I will give you whatever you ask for me. Only give me the woman as a wife. Revenge of Jacob's sons. Jacob's sons replied to Shechem and his father Hamor with ghoul cool speaking, as they did because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, We are not able to do this thing, to give our sister to an uncircumcised man, for that would be a disgrace for us. Only on this condition will we agree to that. You will become like us by having every male among you circumcised. Then we will give you our daughters and we will take... Your daughters in marriage. We will settle among you and become one people. But if you do not listen to us and be circumcised, we will take our daughter and go. Their proposal pleased Hamor and his son Shechem. The young man lost no time in acting on their proposal since he wanted Jacob's daughter. Now he was more highly regarded than anyone else in his father's house. So Hamor and Shechem went to the gate of their city and said to the men of their gate, These men are friendly towards us. Let them settle in the land and move about in it freely. There is ample room in the land for them, and we can take their daughters in marriage and give our daughters to them. But only on this condition. With the men agreed to live with us and form one people with us, that every male among us be circumcised as they themselves are? Would not their livestock, their property, and all their animals be ours? Let us just agree with them, so that they will settle among us. All who went out of the gate of the city listened to Hamor and his son Shechem, and all the males, all those who went out at the gate of the city, were circumcised. On the third day, while they were still in the in pain. Two of Jacob's sons, Simon and Levi, brothers of Dina, Dina, each took his sword advancing against the unsuspecting city and massacred all the males. After they had killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the sword, they took Dina from Shechem's house and left. Then the other sons of Jacob followed up the slaughter and sacked the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, cattle, and donkeys, whatever was in the city and and the surrounding country. They carried off all their wealth, their children, their women, and looted whatever was in the houses. Jacob said to Simon and Levi, "'You have brought trouble upon me by making repugnant to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. I have so few men that if these people unite against me and attack me, I and my household will be wiped out.' But they reported, Should our sister be treated like a prostitute? Welcome to the one-year journey through the Holy Bible. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts to understand and live the Word of God. Holy Spirit, come into my mind, my spirit, and my heart, so that as I read your word, let me understand, know, and love you better. Bless me to be a faithful disciple to apply your word to my life. Make me a light shining upon all those who are in darkness. As I read the word of God, enlighten my mind and enkindle my heart with a deeper love for you and the people around me. Amen. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 35 to 38. Chapter 35 Bethel Revisited God said to Jacob, Go up now to Bethel, settle there and build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob told his household and all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods among you, then purify yourselves and change your clothes. Let us now go to Bethel, so that I might build an altar there to the God who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. They gave Jacob all the foreign gods in their possession, and also the rings they had in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak that is near Shechem. Then, as they set out, a great terror fell upon the surrounding towns, so that no one pursued the sons of Jacob. Thus Jacob and all the people who were with him arrived in Luz, now Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar and called the place El-Bethel, for it was there that God had revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died. She was buried under the oak below Bethel, and it was named Alan an On Jacob's arrival from Pad and Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You will no longer be named Jacob, but Israel will be your name. So he was named Israel. Then God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation, indeed an assembly of nations, will stem from you, and kings will issue from your loins. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and to your descendants after you I will give the land. Then God departed from him. In the place where God had spoken with him, Jacob set up a sacred pillar, a stone pillar, and upon it he made a libation and poured out oil. Jacob named the place where God spoke to him Bethel. Jacob's Family Then they departed from Bethel, but while they had still some distance to go on Ephrath, Rachel went into labor and suffered great distress. When her labor was most intense, the midwife said to her, Do not fear for now you have another son. With her last breath, for she was at the point of death, she named him Ben-Oin, but his father named him Benjamin. Thus Rachel died, and now she was buried on the road to Ephrath, now Bethlehem. Jacob set up a second pillar on her grave, and the same pillar marks Rachel's grave to this day. Israel moved on and pitched his tent beyond Migdal-Eder. While Israel was encamped in that region, Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. When Israel heard of it, he was greatly offended. The sons of Jacob were now twelve, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's maidservant Bilhah, Dan and Naphtali; the sons of Leah's maidservant Zilpah, Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, who were born to him in Pad and Aaron. Jacob went home to his father Isaac at Mamre in Kirath Arba, now Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had resided. The length of Isaac's life was 180 years. Then he breathed his last. He died as an old man and was gathered to his people. After full life, his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Chapter 36 Edomite Lists These are the descendants of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from among the Canaanite women, Adah, son of Elon the Hittite, Oholamah, the daughter of Anna, the son of Zabon the Havite, and Basmath, the daughter of Ishmael and the son and the sister of Nebayoth. Ada bore Elisphath to Isu, Basmath bore Reuel and Oholamah bore Jesu, Jalam and Korah. These are the sons of Isu who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Isu took his wives, his son, his daughters, and all the members of his household, as well as his livestock, all his cattle, and all the property he had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to the land of Seir, away from his brother Jacob. Their possessions had become too great for them to dwell together, and the land in which they were residing could not support them because of their livestock. So Isu settled in the highlands of Seir. Isu is Edom. These are the descendants of Esau, ancestor of the Edomites, in the highlands of Seir. These are the names of the sons of Esau Eliphaz, son of Adah, wife of Esau, and Raul, son of Basemath, wife of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz were Taman, Omar, Sipho, Gotham, and Tinaz. Timna was a concubine of El- Eliphaz, the son of Esau and she bore Amalek to Isu, uh, Eliphaz. Those were the sons of Adah, wife of Esu. These were the sons of Raul, Nahath, Zerah, Shama, and Miza. Those were the sons of Basemath, the wife of Esu. These were the sons of Esu's wife, Ahulamah, the daughter of Anna, son of Zebon, whom she bore to Esu, Jeush, Jalum, and Korah. These are the clans of the sons of Esu, the sons of Eliphaz, Esu's firstborn, the clans of Timon, Omar, Zephu, and Kines, Korah, Gautam, and Amalek. These are the clans of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. They are the sons of Adah. These are the sons of Reuel, sons of Esu, the clan of Nahath, Zerah, Shama, and Misa. These are the clans of Reuel in the land of Edom. They are the sons of Basemath, wife of Esu. These were the sons of o- Obolamah, wife of Esu, the clans of Jesh, Chalam and Korah. These are the clans of Esu's wife, Oholamah, daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Esu, that is, Edom, according to their clans. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan, Shobal, Zebon, and Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon. Those are the clans of the Horites, son of Seir, in the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan, were Hori, Hemam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shebul, Al- Alvin, Manhath, Ibal, Shepo, and Om- Onam. These are the sons of Zebeon, Aya, and Anna. He is the Anna who found water in the desert while he was pasturing the donkeys of his father Zeban. These are the children of Anna: Dishon and hope Obalama, daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Dishon: Hemdan, Eshban, Irthan, and Cherthan. These are the sons of Esar: Bilhan, Zavan, and Akan. These are the sons of Dishon: Uz and Ara. These are the sons of the Horites, the clans of Lotan, Shobal, Zebon, and Anna, Dishon, Ezir, and Dishon. These are the clans of the These are the clans of the Horites, clan by clan in the land of Seir. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, son of Baer, became the king in Edom. The name of his city was Dinhaba. When Bela died, Jobab son of Zerah from Bozrah succeeded him as king. When Jobab died, Husham from the land of the Temanites succeeded him as king. When Husham died, Hadad king of Bedad succeeded him as king. He is the one who defeated Midian in the country of Moab. The name of his city was Avith. When Hadad died, Samalov from Mesrach succeeded him as king. When Samla died, Shaul from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. When Shaul died, Balhanan, son of Akorbar, succeeded him as king. When Balhanan, son of Akorbor, died, Hadad succeeded him as king. The name of the city was Pau. His wife's name was Mechtabel, the daughter of Matred, son of Mezagab. These are the names of the clans of Isu identified according to their families and localities, the sons of Tim Timna, Alva, and Jait, Ohulma, Ella, Penon, K- Kenais, Temna, Mizbar, Magdal, and Iram. Those are the clans of the Edomites according to their settlements in their territorial holdings that is of Isu, the ancestor of the Edomites. Chapter 37. Joseph sold into Egypt. Jacob settled in the land where his father had sojourned, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. When Joseph was seventeen years old, he was tending the flocks with his brothers, and he was an assistant to the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah, and Joseph brought their father bad reports about them. Israel loved Joseph best of all his sons, for he was the child of his old age, and he had made him a long ornamented tunic. When his brothers saw that their father loved him best of all his brothers, they hated him so much that they could not say a kind word to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he, was, he told his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. There they were, binding sheaves into the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose to an upright position and your sheaves formed a ring around my sheaf and bowed down to it. His brothers asked him, Are you really going to make yourself king over us? Will you rule over us? So they hated him all the more because of his dreams and his reports. Then he had another dream and told his brothers, Look, I had another dream. This time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told it to his father and his brothers, his father reproved him and asked, What is the meaning of this dream of yours? Can it be that I and your mother and your brothers are to come and bow to the ground before you? So his brothers are furious at him because his father kept the matter but his father kept the matter in his mind. One day, when his brothers had gone to the pasture, their father's flocks at Shechem, Israel said to Joseph, are your brothers not tending our flocks in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. I am ready, Joseph answered. Go then, he replied. See if all is well with your brothers and the flocks, and bring back word. So he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph re- reached Shechem, a man came upon him as he was wandering about in the fields. What are you looking for? the man asked. I am looking for my brothers, he answered. Please tell me where they are tending the flocks. The man told him. They have moved on from here. In fact, I heard them say, Let us go on to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes that dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns here. We could say that a wild beast devoured him. We will see then what comes of his dreams." But then, when Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from their hands, saying, We must not take his life. Then Reuben said, Do not shed blood. Throw him into the cistern in the wild wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him. His purpose was to save him from their hands and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the long ornamented tunic he had on, and they threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty, and there was no water in it then they sat down to eat looking up they saw a caravan of ishmaelites coming from gilad their camels laden with gum balm and resin to be taken down to egypt judah said to his brothers what is going to be gained by killing our brother and concealing his blood come let us sell him to these ishmaelites instead of doing away with him ourselves after all he is our brother our own flesh his brothers agreed midianite traders traveled by and they pulled Joseph out of the cistern. They sold Joseph for twenty pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben went back to the cistern, he saw that Joseph was not in it, and he had torn his garments. And returning to his brothers, he exclaimed, The boy is gone, and I, where can I turn? They took Joseph's tunic, and after slaughtering a goat, dipped the tunic in its blood. Then they sent someone to bring the long ornamented tunic to their father with the message, We found this. See whether it is your son's tunic or not. He recognized it and exclaimed, My son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his ta- garments and put a sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Though his sons and daughters tried to console him, he refused all consolation, saying, No, I will go down mourning to my son in Sheol. Thus did his father weep for him. The Midianites, meanwhile, sold Joseph in Egypt to Pontifar, an official of Pharaoh and his chief steward. Chapter 38 Judah and Tamar About that time Judah went down away from his brothers and pitched his tent near a certain Aldamite named Hera. There Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He married her and had intercourse with her. She conceived and bore a son whom she named Ur. Again she conceived and bore a son whom she named Onan. Then she bore still another son whom she named Shelah. She was in Chesib when she bore him. Judah got a wife named Tamar for his firstborn Ur, but Ur, Judah's firstborn, greatly offended the Lord, so the Lord took his life. Then Judah said to Onan, Have intercourse with your brother's brother's wife in fulfillment of your duty as brother-in-law, and thus preserve your brother's line. Onan, however, knew that the offspring would not be his, so whenever he had intercourse with his brother's wife, he wasted his seed on the ground to avoid giving offspring to his brother. What he, great, what he did greatly offended the Lord, and the Lord took his life too. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, Remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up, for he feared that Shelah also might die like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in, his, in her father's house time passed, and the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. After Judah completed the period of mourning, he went up to Tinmah and to those who were shearing his sheep, in company with his friend, Hira the Aldumite. Then Tamar was told, Your father-in-law is up on his way to Tinmah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a shawl, and having wrapped herself, sat down at the entrance of Enam. Which is on the way to Tema, and she, for she was aware that although Sheila was now not gr- now grown up, she had not been given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought that she was a harlot since she had covered her face, so he went over to her at the roadside and said, "Come, let me have intercourse with you, for he did not realize that she was her his daughter in law She replied, "What will you pay me for letting you have intercourse with me?' He answered, I will send you a young goat from the flock. Very well, she said, provided you leave me a pledge until you send it. Judah asked, What pledge should I leave you? She answered, Your seal and cord and the staff in your hand. So he gave them to her and had intercourse with her and she conceived by him. After she got up and went away, she took off her shawl and put on the widow's garments again. Judah sent the young goat by his friend that Aldumite to recover the pledge from the woman, but he did not find her. So she asked the men of that place, Where is the prostitute, the one by the roadside in Anem?" But they answered, No, the prostitute has been here. No prostitute has been here. He went back to Judah and told him, I did not find her. And besides, the men of that place said, No prostitute has been there let her keep the things judah replied otherwise we will become a laughing stock after all i did send her this young goat but you did not find her about three months later judah was told your daughter-in-law tamar has acted as a harlot and now she is pregnant from her harlotry. judah said bring her out let her be burned but as she was being brought out she sent word to her father-in-law it is by the man to whom these things belong that I am pregnant. Then she said, "See those seal, see whose seal and cord and staff these are." Judah recognized them and said, "She is in the right rather than I, since I did not give her to my son Sheila. He had no further sexual relations with her. When the time of her delivery came, they were twins in her womb, while she was giving birth. One put out his hand, and the midwife took and tied a crimson thread to his hand, noting that this one came first. But he withdrew his hand, and his brother came out, and she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. So she called him praise. Afterward, his brother, who came with the crimson red thread on his hand, came out, and he was called Sarah.